I did have a different message this morning, but God just kept bringing me back to this message. And I want to talk to you a little while from this subject, water. Everybody say water. In 2 Samuel, the 23rd chapter, in the 15th verse, the scripture says that David longed and he said, Oh, that one would give me drink of the water of the well of Bethlehem, which is by the gate. But there was a problem. It's found in the 16th verse. There were three mighty men that decided they were going to do it, so they had to break through the host of the Philistines. And they drew water out of the well of Bethlehem, and that was by the gate, and took it and brought it to David. But nevertheless, the Bible says that David would not drink thereof, but he poured it out unto the Lord. He simply is saying, I have no desire of this water. And you've heard me preach on this about water coming from the hands of another. That I don't want to drink water that comes from somebody else. But the water I want is I want to go get the water for myself. If you're hearing anything I'm saying today, please hear this, that the Lord is in this place. But you have to make an effort. You have to make a decision. You have to decide whether or not you're going to get this water for yourself. And say, I love the worship and I love what I feel in this house, but I have to pour it out unto the Lord because what all they give to me will never match what the Lord can give for you when you go get it for yourself. I don't know. I just feel a deep moving and girding of God's Spirit in this house today. And I hope before this day's over that some of you will realize that God wants to give you an experience that you have never had before. Water. But say water. Water. It's interesting to me because water is extremely valuable to us. Yet at the same time, if we're not careful, we can come to the house of God and take for granted what God is doing right now. Many of us conclude that we've had good church because we've stood to our feet. Some of you have come down to the front. You raise your hands. You've got tears coming from your eyes. And many people conclude, oh, we've had good church today. But that's not true. Because many times what we have done and experienced thus far is only coming from an emotional experience. And the Lord is saying, but I want to give you something more than just an emotional experience. I want to give you something that only the Spirit can provide. And if we're not careful, we'll have church as we have always had church. And we'll conclude in our mind that everything is okay when sometimes everything is not okay. Oh, am I talking to anybody today? 
And if we're not careful, it would be the new people that tap into the Spirit. But some of those that have taken it for granted will miss the whole plan and purpose of God and let it pass by us and never know that God was there not only for the visitor and not only to the guest and may not only be for the sinner, but He is here for each and every individual that we can come into the presence of God and bow down before Him in His presence with a broken and a contrite spirit and recognize that I cannot do this. I can't live my life any further. I can't go on in my marriage any longer. I cannot raise my children as I have done in the past. But God, I need your spirit to lead and guide me in the fullness of your wisdom and the fullness of truth. David understood this. David understood this. In fact, in Revelations, it says in the third chapter, in the 14th verse, and I want to talk to all of those that, for just a few moments, that have been in the church and around the church for quite some time. In Revelations, the third chapter, in the 14th verse, these were the words of Jesus that was speaking through John at Patmos when he had a vision. God spoke to him, and Jesus spoke to him and said, And the angel of the Lord of the church of Laodiceans write, These things saith the Amen, the faithful and the true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. He says to the saints, He says to the saints, I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot, and I were that thou were cold or hot. But so then because thou art, whatever, what does it say? Lukewarm. I'm going to say lukewarm. And you're not cold nor hot. He says, lukewarm he will spew out of his mouth. This is interesting because he's making us to understand that cold water cools the body down. But hot water heats the body up. But lukewarm water is the same temperature of the body and the body has no need to change. So when cold water burns calories and hot water takes you to a different place, lukewarm water says, I'm complacent, I'm satisfied, I'm comfortable right now. I don't need any change in my life. Oh, I'm not talking to anybody. And it's very possible that we can come to church and become a lukewarm church to the point where we're comfortable. I pray to God by the spirit of the anointing that's on me right now that God would prod you and purge you and poke you out of all of this Laodicean spirit of this day and say, no, I am not going to just live in a complacent attitude and with a complacent spirit, but I am going to pursue after God. Do I have a witness here today that someone would say, I'm going to shout louder than I've ever shouted. I'm going to love longer than I've ever loved. And I'm going to give hope more than I've ever given because God is in our midst and I want this water but I can't get it from the hands of another. I can't give it to you. You can't give it to another but if you'll go to the well yourself I promise you, you'll get a hold of the Spirit of God and He won't just be satisfied and you won't be satisfied with just a lukewarm experience. 
lukewarm experience. In fact, he poured it out because he knew I don't deserve the beauty of this water when I haven't expelled the energy myself to obtain it. Jesus said, I will give you water that you may not thirst again. Then he also says that I will give you bread so that you will not go hungry. Oh, you got to understand what the word Bethlehem actually means. It means the house of bread. The house of bread. Yet the water was at the gate. So he's saying, when you're parched and thirsty, you're dying because you don't have the water that you need to survive. As soon as you come into the gate, there is life and there is water that might sustain you and give you life. That's why he said, when you are thirsty, come to him. When you have a desire for his spirit, come to him. When you have circumstances pending in your life, come to him. When everything seems to be wrong, come to him. When depression and anxiety sweep over your mind, come to him. When your addictions and the drugs and the alcohol rule your life, come to him. And while he's saying this, look for this for yourself. Don't blame the church. Don't blame your family. Don't blame your past. Just come to the well. I'm ready to give you water, 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 or spirit that will renew you in your will renew you in your death and give you life more abundantly. But he had to go to Bethlehem. Bethlehem, the house of bread. Bethlehem, the house of bread. Bethlehem, the house of bread. Bread was not at the gate. That's your initial experience. You got to get to where the bread's at because you can't live just on water. You got to have bread. That's why Jesus says, I am the bread of life. I will give you something that you will never be able to deny that I have fulfilled a void in you and a hunger in you that the world can't give it to you. Your lust could not produce this. All the vile things of sin would not give you. Hey, 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 hey. Someone shout hallelujah. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I'm not just thirsty. I don't just want just the Spirit, but I want the Word to be in me. I want to walk in the statutes of His righteousness. I want to walk in the glory of His Word. Amen. I want to know what it is to put flesh on this thing. Flesh on this thing. Amen. Flesh on this thing. He wants to get this to become a reality to you. Not just a spiritual experience, but it's a day-to-day walking with God. Amen. Amen. 
See, the enemy knows that if he can keep you at the gate, if he can keep you at the gate, he will try to lure you out of Bethlehem. If he can keep you right there where you receive God for the initial time and you receive the baptism of God's Spirit and the Holy Ghost dwelling in you, the Lord says, now, now, now that you've got it, now that you've experienced it, I'm not just going to give you water where you'll never thirst again. Don't just land on that experience. But let it take you in the fullness of the Godhead. How do you get there? I'll tell you how. When you hear your pastor preach, when you go into a Bible class, when you read the Word of God, let the revelation of meat and bread come into your life. Now it's not just a spiritual experience. It's a day-to-day, step-by-step walk with God. What I'm talking about is let the devil be a liar. Amen. And let God be true. Because the devil would like to convince you that yes, you have no future. But let the devil know you're a liar and you're the fire of liars. And I stand upon the word of God. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. He's a liar. He's trying to convince you to come out of the gate. He's trying to convince you that the water isn't important. But I'm saying get into the word. Get into the bread. He says, I don't want you to be lukewarm. Cold water cools the body down. Hot water heats the body up. Cold water says, I need you. I need you because I need to cool down. Hot water says, you say to hot water, I need you because I'm cold. But when you have no need of anything, have no want or desire for change, and you become comfortable, then you become relaxed and satisfied with just where you are. First John, the first chapter, the eighth verse simply says this. It says, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. It says, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. This is not a reference to the sinner. Because they pretty much know how to confess. Because they realize it's the ones that believe they don't have sin. And for the most part, it's church-going people. We can be sinful in our pious, judgmental attitude till the world is almost ready to puke over our own righteousness. But what he says, if we confess our sins, I'm not lukewarm. 
I'd rather be hot or cold. But God, I don't want to land in the middle where I don't see the need for change. If we confess our sins, what is it? He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to what? Cleanse us from all un, un, un. That tells me that some people believe they have righteousness. He has to undo their righteousness to make them righteous. Because our righteousness is as filthy rags before God. Oh, I don't know, man. I, I just believe the enemy is afraid of your possibility today. He's afraid of it. Paul writes about this and he says in 2 Corinthians the 5th chapter, 6th verse therefore we are always confident knowing that whilst we are at home in the body we are absent with the Lord what he's saying while we're comfortable in our flesh God is no longer present when we say to ourselves I'm okay and I don't need anything. And I'm not lost. I think a question we all should ask, even as a pastor, Lord, am I really saved? He says that the body, the body temperature can be deceptive. But he says in the next verse, he says, if we're going to do this thing, if we're really going to live for God, and if we're really going to do this thing, and it's sincere and authentic, then he says, for we walk by faith and not by sight. That's why he had to pour it out. But it's interesting because the wise men had to fight through or excuse me, the mighty men, had to fight through, David's mighty men had to fight through the Philistines. And I will just say that whoever has told you that living for God is always going to be easy has lied to you. Sometimes you have to fight to get to the war. But you can't let somebody else fight for you. David, your mighty man, men cannot get the water that you need. You have to fight the Philistines yourself. I don't know why I'm saying this, but I really, I really believe that some of you are just about ready to give up and ready to walk away. And you're looking for a spiritual experience and you're looking for a bread experience but you're looking for it in all the wrong places because you're looking for it through people rather than through God. And you just long to have their approval and you just wish that they would be your friend and you just wish you could hang out with them. And that is one of the greatest and grave mistakes you will ever make is to qualify what God is doing for you, what others are doing or not doing. 
You got to fight for yourself. I said you got to fight for yourself. People can't make way for you. You got to make way for yourself. Amen. While the devil comes in like a flood, you need to know that through the Spirit, he shall raise a standard against the enemy. You got to fight for yourself. And I am not saying that I'm not sympathetic to some of the issues that are in this church, but I will tell you that I cannot fight your battle for you. You are going to have to get to the place where you say, Lord, I am going to go to Bethlehem and I'm going to get the water and I'm going to get the bread. That's why it says that Jesus was born in Bethlehem because as soon as you come through the door, that's why he says, I am the door. Any man trying to enter any other way is a thief and a robber. He says, no, you got to come to Bethlehem and there you'll find water. But once you get the Spirit, come on, follow me, Jesus said, and I will take you and give you bread, 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 bread. Amen. Bread, bread, bread. to fight for it fight for the water 2nd Samuel the 12th chapter 26 verse says and Joab fought against Rabbah the children of Ammon and they took the royal city and Joab sent messengers to David and said I have fought against Rabbah Rabbah and have taken the city of waters He's simply saying that the devil took this from us. The enemy has taken this from us. And I'm going to take it back. They have something that belongs to me. They have a crown. They have gold. Because of time, I'm not going to go through all of it, but they took the enemy prisoners. I like this switch because what happened now was rather than them becoming a prisoner of the enemy, the enemy becomes a prisoner of them. Let me just tell you how I see the devil in my life. I got a chain around his neck. And when I pull him and yank on that chain, the Bible says, I'm saved according to my testimony. I say, look at what I did to the devil. And while we're showing the enemy to all the people that are going through the same things we've gone through, they look at that and said, how did you conquer that? Oh, you got to hear my story. If you ever get into the gate of Bethlehem and if you ever follow after Jesus and you see that he will feed you bread. He said there's not a devil out of hell. Look at this. There's not an enemy too great. There is not a problem too wide. There's not any issues in my life pending right now that you, you can't and I cannot conquer. Look, I got the devil on a chain. And he has to do everything I tell him to do 
So there are times when I step into the Spirit of God and I say, Devil, get thee behind me. And I yank on that chain and put him behind me so that now he's just walking like a dog on my chain. And I'm walking through the life of, that God has given me of deliverance. And I'm showing the world, look at the devil. Look at what he tried to do. He tried to destroy me. He tried to take my family. He tried to mess up my children. But look what the devil is now. Somebody shout hallelujah. Amen. I'm going to make sure that I confess myself to the Lord because I cannot do this in myself. I need the spirit and I need the bread. As we all stand. Mm. The enemy needs to be defeated. Let me show what I'm talking about in, in conclusion here today. When Jesus went to the cross, the devil truly believed that he had defeated the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, that he had defeated the King of the Jews. He believed that. But I'm going to tell you how irresponsible and I've been told by some kids not to say this word but I'm going to say it stupid the devil is Jesus even told him what was going to happen if you kill me if you kill me three days later I'm going to raise from the dead the devil don't want to listen to Jesus so when they crucified him they did not realize what they were doing. Three days later, Jesus, Louis, comes out of the grave. Now all of a sudden, the devil's a believer. He says, if I would have known, I would not have crucified paraphrase I, I have I have often said to this church if you can't believe in the word of the Lord then believe the devil they say what are you talking about well believe the devil because everything he says is a lie and just turn it around and you got the truth because even though he knew the information he did not know the God. Even though he had an intellectual understanding of the words destroy this body, but he just didn't get it when it came to the Messiah and the Christ. What am I saying here? I'm simply trying to tell you that you can overcome any obstacle in your life if you somehow will recognize that the well he was talking about was the death, burial, and the resurrection. And if you'll go through that door, everybody say that door, that door, that door. No man can be saved 
unless he goes through that door. What is that door? That door is when he died on the cross, rose from the dead. He opens the door so that you can come in and drink from the well. That shall never run dry. Then once you have drank from that well, he takes you by the hand and says, now it's time for bread. My challenge and my assignment today is somehow to reach into your heart and get you to understand that this is your day. And this is a word for you today that God wants to give you that experience. And as they begin to sing, we're going to open up these altars and I'm going to invite you to come down to this altar. And we're going to have several that are going to come around and pray for each other. But while you're there, if you have not receive the Spirit of God and receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. When someone is praying with you, just let them know, I've never received this before and I would like to receive it. And if, if that person that is praying with you doesn't understand how to tell you about it, then we'll make sure that someone is there to inform you and give you the direction that you need to receive the Spirit that I'm talking about today. So as they begin to sing, I'm going to bring you that invitation. These altars are now open. If you would please come. Fire.